Hi, I'm Don Mackey, welcome to the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. This show is focused on providing strategies to empower community success and vitality. Each episode will feature interviews with cutting-edge rural development thought leaders and community practitioners, remarkable entrepreneurs from business, government, and nonprofits, and by sharing the learnings of E2 entrepreneurial ecosystems. Connect with me, learn more about E2, and subscribe to this show at energizingentrepreneurs.org. Greetings. This is Don Mackey with E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems joining you today. Hey, I'm solo for our podcast, Pathways to Rural Prosperity. And my topic today is Urban America's Filling Up, a Rural Development Opportunity. I look forward to sharing with you some insights on another trend that creates significant development opportunities for a wide range of rural communities throughout the United States. Let me begin with focusing on a mega trend related to what's happening in our urban areas. Across America, urban areas are becoming more costly. There's congestion, perceptions of safety, and also the inability for large segments of our society to have the kind of space that they would like to have where they play, work, and particularly live. The second mega trend I want to focus on is we know historically that the primary migration has been from rural to urban. This has been going on for decades and has driven the urbanization of America, the growth of the mega cities. But there are also some important urban to rural trends that are now well established and are accelerating coming out of the Great Recession of 2006 to 2010 and now with the pandemic recession. Our friend, Dr. Ben Winchester at the University of Minnesota has documented particularly the growing number of 30-year-olds or those young adults, young families that are choosing to return back to more rural communities to be closer to families, more affordable lifestyles. And we're also seeing an increasing rise in retiring boomers. Now, remember, Every day in America, 10,000 boomers are retiring, and a portion of those boomers are leaving the urban cities in which they have made their livings, choosing to move back to more rural settings. Next, let me kind of step back. One of the things we have been doing at E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems is curating a list of likely entrepreneurial development opportunities drawing heavily on our analytics work throughout North America and our development opportunity profiles where we look at very specific communities and what are their entrepreneurial opportunities for development. And we've gone through and looked at those and curated what we call our top 10 list. First of all, natural resource industries for many rural communities, these continue to be important and there are development opportunities with them. For many rural communities, they are part of transportation corridors, providing critical services along interstates, highways, and other corridors that are creating economic opportunities for their rural residents and entrepreneurs. Tourism continues to be an important play in rural America, as urban Americans particularly are looking for open spaces, aesthetic landscapes, recreational opportunities, and that will continue to grow. As urban America expands, those residents are going to be seeking out the playgrounds in rural America. Now, coming closer to our topic today, we're seeing a rise in new residents, and that's what we'll be focusing on is what is one of the powerful drivers 
that's moving that with new resident attraction into rural America. Major uh, employer and retention is our fifth factor. Very traditional economic development strategy and continues to be important is how do we retain our regional universities and colleges, other institutions, major manufacturing production facilities, back office operations that have rooted in rural. There continues to be that sweet spot in economic development where growth-oriented entrepreneurs are present and with the right kind of ecosystem support can expand, creating small corporate headquarters in rural communities that provide that diversity of careers and jobs that are so important to empowering people attraction and increased economic vitality. Area spending capturism is a critically important factor, and we're actually producing a new strategy guide that will release later this year on that topic. Retiring boomers, which we'll talk about soon because one of the factors that is occurring with urban American filling up is the ability to cash in the value of real estate in a big city, parlay that to a great home in a rural setting, and translate the difference into retirement money to have a better quality of life. Our final two in our top 10 are outbound commuters, people who live in one community and work in another community. We'll be producing a strategy paper on this. And then finally, the role of smaller and medium-sized and micropolitan communities playing this role of hub cities in rural areas. We have a paper that we'll make available to you called Likely Entrepreneurial Development Opportunities that goes into these 10 strategies more importantly. But now let's come back and focus on our topic at hand. Now, in our paper, housing costs are a leading indicator of what is driving this trend. And in this particular case, we use a readily accessible data source, median housing prices. You can do a simple web search for almost any community in the United States and pull up the median housing price. Now, if you're a little dated on your statistics, the average is, you know, you take the total value of housing, you divide it by the number of housing units, and that gives you the average. The median means this is the mid price. Half of the housing in a particular community is below that value, and half of the housing has a higher value. So again, it's a great indicator, and that's what we've used in our analysis as part of this work. For much of rural America, there is this critical need for new residents to kind of revitalize and re-energize our communities. For too many rural communities, one of the tragedies of failing economies and failing societies has been the loss of residents through net out migration. It's also important that there's this power, if we can attract new people back to our communities, whether that's our own kids and grandkids or new residents, we can increase the diversity of our communities, the diversity of the talent in our communities, which in and of itself will drive greater development. So next, what I'd like to do is share just five simple illustrations to make the point of how this urban America filling up trend translates to opportunities for a wide range of rural communities. Again, the cost differential of housing in urban places compared to most rural places is significant. A couple of other things to think about before we jump into our illustrations. One is high cost or high amenity 
rural places like the Aspens of the world, they're very expensive and have gone through a form of gentrification. So part of what we're looking at is rural America's next best places. So depending upon the assets of the young couple that may be moving back to a rural location or that retiring boomer, they're looking for that value proposition that is going to allow them to meet their desired needs, but at the same time, create economics that work for them. So let me begin with some work that we did a number of years ago in Stanislav County in the Central Valley of California. This is the county just to the east of the Bay Area, San Francisco. And at the time, we were doing a transfer of wealth study. And while this study was underway, California made the commitment to invest in rail service between the Bay Area and the Central Valley and Modesto. And that really opened up the opportunity for people, particularly young tech workers, to choose to live in the Central Valley in communities like Modesto, but be employed in the Bay Area. And so let's just look at the price differentials for median housing costs. In San Francisco, the current value is $1.4 million. And that's going to buy you a fairly small property with limited space. In Modesto, you could buy a single family home with a yard, walkability to a school for about $359,000. That's 26% of the cost in San Francisco. And for a young family that wants to have that yard where their kids can play, this is hugely important. So you can see the powerful financial economics at work in a place like Modesto compared to the Bay Area. A second example that I'd like to share relates to entrepreneurs. Now, for some time, entrepreneurs have been moving out of Northern California, Portland, and Seattle into kind of South Central Oregon. And communities like Ben have experienced significant in-migration of new residents from retirees to tech workers to other residents. And now Ben has become moderately expensive with a median house price of 529000 And now folks are moving to communities like Medford. Again, similar amenities, but with lower price points, but a housing cost of 335000 So as Medford begins to fill up and become more expensive, folks are now looking at a third community, a little more distant, a little more challenging to get to, but Klamath Falls, Oregon, with a median house price of 186000 So if you are that Silicon Valley tech entrepreneur, a member of our family, recently moved from the Valley with their business and home into South Central Oregon, you can buy a remarkable property and do improvements and provide significant capital for your entrepreneurial venture in the mix. My third example takes us to some remarkably drop-dead beautiful country in the Santa Fe to San Juan Basin region of the United States. This is a region rich with culture, history, arts, unique local foods. So if we look at the median housing price in Santa Fe, it's $536,000. In Tahos, that median house price is $273,000. But if you're willing to go to Monta Vista up in the San Juan Basin in Colorado, it's 158000 A couple of years ago, my wife and I visited all three communities as part of some work we were doing with a regional foundation. 
And what it really means is you're going to need somewhere between a million and a million and a half dollars if you're an artist to be in the Santa Fe art scene for that house, for that studio, for that gallery, significant investment. So if you're an up and coming artisan or artist or somebody who's working in the food industry and want to have your own place, this is a very expensive proposition for you. And while Tahos is a bit more affordable, it's still very expensive for the vast majority of folks in these spaces. Now, Monte Vista, like other communities in Colorado, have begun to repurpose their old, historic, beautiful downtowns into creative zones. And today, you'll find these artisans with their galleries on the first floor facing Main Street. They may have their studio in the back, and they may be living on the second or third floor. Again, creating opportunities to be part of that Santa Fe and Tahoe art scene but with economics that allows that up-and-coming artisan to get into the scene. Another example is this isn't just for wealthy people, but if we think about retirees, you know, somebody, for example, that is living in the city of Denver and maybe has $750,000 in equity in that home that they bought 40 years ago, they're ready to retire. They are anxious to get out of the congestion If they can avoid driving I-25 again for a while, they're probably pretty cool with that. And so they're starting to look around. They look at a place like Estes Park in the foothills of the Rockies, a gateway community to Rocky Mountain National Park, a beautiful area. But the average housing cost there, or the median housing cost is $500,000. They may think about, well, the Black Hills of South Dakota are pretty amazing. So what's the cost there? Well, you're approaching almost $300,000 in terms of median price. But if you look at Shadron and Dawes County in northwest Nebraska, that's in the Pine Ridge, remarkably beautiful landscape with access to a lot of amenities, that price is going to be $135,000. So what you could do is if you're that Denver resident, you could take that 750000 that you're going to make in selling your home, put 200000 into a nice little acreage and invest in a property to make it that special home and bank the difference, that half a million dollars that could go into your retirement fund to kind of help you catch up, assuming that like with most retirees, we have not put enough money away for our retirement. Again, powerful economics that are going to drive human behavior that creates opportunities for those next best places in rural America. My final example comes from Keene, New Hampshire. We've been working with the Hannah Grimes Entrepreneurship Center, Mary Ann Christensen, who is the founder on a case study. And so we've begun to take a hard look at Keene. Keene is located in extreme southwest New Hampshire beautiful, historic New England community with tremendous amenities. So if you're living in Boston and you're wanting to stay in New England and you're a young couple, and now you're part of that kind of outsourced remote workforce, so you can live wherever you want and still be part of the Boston economic scene, you can sell that equity that you have in that home that you worked really hard to acquire, move to Keene where the median price is $227,000 
and dramatically improve not only your quality of life, if you're a young couple and you're planning to have kids and you want maybe a small acreage or a home with a yard with that price differential. So let me transition and talk a little bit about what's the community action plan? How do you begin to take advantage of these opportunities? And I'm going to touch on what I would call a five-point game plan. First, you have to really take time to become aware and follow these trends. They're all around you, but they may not be obvious to the development leadership in your community. Trust me, these relocating urbanites coming to rural America are there. And in almost every community I have conversations with, as we get into this, they go, yeah, we've got examples of not only our kids and grandkids who have come back, but other people who have chose to move to our communities. Just had this conversation with a rural community, Albion, Missouri, in north central Missouri, and they said, yeah, they're coming back. They are there, and they're going to increase in numbers in terms of their relocations based on the trends we're tracking. The second game plan point really challenges you to become a welcoming community. Is your community prepared to not only do the right stuff, housing, amenities, the kinds of things that it's going to take to be attractive to a newcomer, but are you ready for the diversity that is likely to come when you become open to this strategy of attracting urbanites into your community? We've produced a paper we call the, is your community ready to be a JEDI hometown? JEDI stands for Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. We'll make this available to you. We would encourage you to take a look at it. But this is huge. Urbanites are not going to move to parochial, closed communities. They're going to be looking for communities that are open and see diversity as an asset and embrace a wide range of people who are potentially moving into their community. Number three is find some help from a regional university or a cooperative extension, maybe your power district that provides research so that you can really begin to track these trends. What's occurring in your part of rural America and how can your community really begin to tap into these trends, creating a huge set of opportunities, not only in terms of new residents, but attracting workforce and attracting entrepreneurial talent that's gonna help revitalize and grow your economy. My fourth point is get organized. Begin to identify and work with a group of investors, developers, and entrepreneurs who can help you build the right ecosystem, whether that's attracting retiring boomers or preparing your community for these returning 30-year-olds that want to start a family, maybe have a young family, and are looking to situate into your community. As part of our work with Albion and the Mosaic Healthcare System in Northwest Missouri, we're beginning to do detailed market segmentation of what the opportunity sets are and what are those groups of returning or new residents and what are their needs and wants and how can the community match up with those. My fifth point is remain true to yourself. Protect your genuine assets. If you have a historic downtown, preserve those buildings so they can be repurposed. 
think about the aesthetics of your community and making the kinds of investments that are truly going to make your community attractive to new residents. So in conclusion, I suggest you go with the flow. Here's a trend that is providing opportunity. It's the wind at your back for large and small rural communities. While they have different urban attraction opportunities, they all have some degree of opportunity if you're willing to do the right thing to make it happen. We're going to share with you a number of resources, including our paper, Urban America is Filling Up, that can give you more detail on this. So again, this is Don Mackey. I appreciate you joining us today for our podcast that's focused on this powerful trend and development opportunity. Keep in mind, we have a number of free resources beginning with our website, www.energizingentrepreneurs.org. Our E2 newsletter, which is electronic, comes out free. It's easy to subscribe to, and it's easy to unsubscribe if you don't find it valuable. Our national E2 practitioners network, where you can access all of our entrepreneurial ecosystem building resources, plus connect to a network of folks like you that are trying to grow a more entrepreneurial economy. And finally, of course, do subscribe to Pathways to Rural Prosperity and stay abreast of our latest content, our interviews with remarkable people who are all striving to make rural America a better place. Thank you for what you do and continue your hard work in building your community in your corner of rural America. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Head on over to energizingentrepreneurs.org where you can subscribe to this podcast and tap into more than 25 years of field experience from E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems. I'm Don Mackey, and I'll see you next time on Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Mm-hmm.